Welcome back. It's Miller Thomas of Locked on Diamondbacks. And on today's episode, almost got tripped up there, we are doing part two of the best championship cores. But now in the NL East, we'll take a look at the top six guys in each uh, of each team in the division and decide which franchise has the best core of six players in the NL East. That is coming at you on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. So let's jump right into it. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back on the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. I'm your host, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please Go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just please follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or just look up Locked on Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. But what are we discussing on today's pod? Oh, before we even talk about what we're discussing on today's pod, I first got to say thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be doing this podcast without my loyal listeners sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friend, friends, excuse me, I'm getting all jumbled up on my words to start today's podcast. But what are we discussing? As I mentioned in the cold open, part two of best championship cores. This time we're looking at the NL East. We're looking at the top six players of each team in the division, deciding who has the best core in the division, the best core to build a championship contender. And this is not the best championship contender for the next three years or the next five years. It just hypothetically, if we had the best set of supporting casts or supporting pieces to that core, is the core good enough to carry the team to a World Series, whether it be this year or three years from now? Doesn't really matter to me. Do we think the core, as it's currently constructed, is it good enough to win a World Series? That's what we're deciding today. That's what we decided on Monday's pod with the NL West, so go check it out. Now we're doing the NL East, so let's jump right into it. And the first team I want to talk about is the reigning World Series champions, the Atlanta Braves, and their top six of players, in my humble estimation. Remember, just contact me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 if you disagree with any of my cores for this for these teams today. But my core for the Braves, Ronald Acuna Jr., no surprise there, Austin Riley, Ozzy Albies, Max Freed, Ian Anderson, and former Arizona Diamondback Dansby Swanson. Now, if you notice from that list, there is one particular big name that I don't have listed, and that is Freddie Freeman, because as it currently stands, there's a reason why I'm doing this during the lockout, because free agency is still going on, and I kind of want to do this best core thing right now, because maybe these teams could improve their core after the lockout during free agency, because the Braves are going to be one of them, because there is one big name, as I said, that's missing from this list, and that is Freddie Freeman, because he is currently a free agent, and yes, you might be thinking, there's no way the man of Atlanta Braves, the face of the Atlanta Braves, Freddie Freeman, is leaving his team, is leaving that city. You probably think it's impossible. I probably think it's impossible, too. Heck, I do think it's impossible. But when you have a team like the Yankees banging on your door saying, hey, why don't you just, you know, 
You're still on the East Coast, I guess. I mean, they're in the NL East. But why don't you come over here to New York and become a major star, a face of a different franchise, a historic franchise? And that might be enticing to Freddie Freeman. We'll see. But as the core currently stands for Atlanta, there's no Freddie Freeman. But does that mean this team is not good enough to win a World Series? I mean, heck, they won the a World Series this year with Freddie Freeman, but no Ronald Acuna Jr. So could they do it in the reverse? Win it with Acuna Jr. and Freddie Freeman? I don't know. But either way, those two studs I'm not worried about at all. But how about the rest of the core for the Atlanta Braves? Well, Austin Riley is someone that has taken a major leap this season. During the 2021 season, Austin Riley, still only 24 years old, which you might forget, 33 bombs this year, over 100 ribbies, over 300 average, near 900 OPS. A phenomenal season by Austin Riley. So that's going to be... A huge piece going forward, someone that has really broken out after seeing him in 2019, only have a 226 average and a 750 OPS, big upgrade. Max Freed, Ian Anderson as your two frontline starters, love it. They're both elite. They're both big-time postseason pitchers. We've seen them on big stages. I think they're both two of the better postseason pitchers in recent memory. I don't have the stats off the top of my head, but I know whenever those two are on the mound, they flash some crazy historical stats. I know we saw it this most recent run where it's like, I forget which one it is, but it's either Max Fried or Ian Anderson where they're like all-time postseason pitchers already, basically. So the fact that you have those two, if you're the Atlanta Braves, as your frontline starters, I think you feel pretty confident. And then Ozzy Albies and Dansby Swanson are two really good role players, two complementary pieces. Ozzy Albies has... Uh, he might not be the greatest hitter. He might not be the best guy getting on base, but if you're going to hit 30 home runs, and if you're going to steal me 20 bags and give me over 100 RBIs, like I'm probably going to be okay with you. Dansby Swanson, elite defensive player, has turned into a real power hitter with 27 home runs this season. I really like this Braves team. We saw them already win a World Series without one of their stars, and they were below 90-win team when they did that. So I think this core, even if it doesn't have Freddie Freeman, could win another World Series. I think that's not anything crazy or controversial to say. And when you look at their honorable mentions, I mean, you have Huescar Unoa. I probably butchered his name. Adam Duvall. He had a really good season last year and potentially Freddie Freeman could come back. So I definitely think the I definitely think the Atlanta Braves could still be a World Series contender with the core they currently have, even if it doesn't have Freddie Freeman. And then next up, I want to talk about the Philadelphia Phillies. And for me, I think their best core is JT Realmuto, Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, and Ranger Suarez. And for the Phillies, I found them pretty fascinating of a young core, or not young core, of just a championship, potential championship core, because I really didn't know how to evaluate them because there's some really nice players that I like here, like Zach Wheeler. Potential Cy Young Award winner in the future. Definitely Cy Young level talent. Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. I mean, he's an MVP candidate every season. He's Bryce Harper. I was going to say something. I don't even know what I was going to say. It came out as Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper, because he's that good. You have to say his name twice. And you got those two as pillars, kind of like the D-backs. Wheeler's your Zach Allen, Bryce Harper's your Kittel Marte. But when you look at the rest of the roster, especially just this young core, JT Romuto like a Carson Kelly, gives you an advantage at the catcher position. But has he really lived up to the contract the Phillies gave him? I'm not too sure. He's still one of the better offensive catchers in baseball, no doubt about it. Reese Hoskins, I like a lot, coming off season-ending surgery. But I don't know if he's 
Uh, is he a core guy? Is he great enough to be a core guy? I don't know. He's probably along the same lines as a Dansby Swanson or Ozzy Albies, if I'm considering those two core guys. And then Ranger Suarez is really good as well. He's kind of young, kind of inexperienced, had a really great season this year. I think it kind of went unnoticed. 25 years old, 136 ERA, 12 starts, 9.1 strikeouts per nine, a one flat whip. Ranger Suarez had a nice season, but the guy in this core that really I'm having a tough time uh, deciding on how I view him as a player in today's game, how I view him as a pitcher, like what kind of level he is. Is he an elite number one? Is he a more of a number two guy? And that is Aaron Nola. I think Aaron Nola is the X factor to whether this core could be good enough to win a World Series because Aaron Nola in 2021 just wasn't good enough. Aaron Nola had surprisingly a down season, a 4.63 ERA, 28 years old. So it was surprising to see him have such a down year. And at least in terms of ERA, he seemed to get hit a lot. His FIP was still 33.7, which was good. 11.1 strikeouts per nine. He wasn't walking, dude. So it was surprised to see his ERA so high. But this is someone that we've seen with Cy Young level stuff the two previous seasons. So I still like this core a lot, but do I think the Phillies have a championship core right now? I don't know. I think it really is going to depend on if Aaron Nola can take another step forward and get to the next level because right now, I don't think you can win a World Series with him as your number two and then you're really relying as like, you're really relying on Reese Hoskins to be your second best offensive player and then JT Romuto your third best. I really like the core of the Phillies, but am I there for a championship core? Not just yet, and when I look at the rest of the Phillies roster, it's pretty weak. They definitely don't have the perfect supporting cast, so I don't think the core right now is good enough to carry that team with the supporting cast they have. So because of that, I don't think the Phillies core is good enough to win a championship or World Series as currently constructed. And we look at their honorable mentions, like Gene Segura, that guy is still only like 31, 32, but he feels like he's, what, 45 years old. Alec Baum. Not the same season that we saw in 2020. We'll see if he could bounce back in 2022. But right now, I'm out on the Phillies core, but I'm in on the Atlanta Braves core. Now, we'll talk about the Mets and Marlins in segment number two. But this episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. This time of the year, excuse me, this is the time of the year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions. But not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best Bilt Bars, the best tasting Bilt Bars they have to offer because all the Bilt Bars, even if you're not eating a puff, is covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're low calorie. They're low sugar. They're high protein. They're high fiber. They're great for that keto diet. If you want your own Built Bar, just use promo code LOCK15 and go to Built.com and use that promo code because you'll get 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast and let's continue with the championship cores. And next up, I want to talk about the New York Mets who have been wheeling and dealing this offseason. When you look at their core, 
You got to talk about Max Scherzer, newly signed this offseason. Francisco Lindor, who they traded for last season. Jacob deGrom, who was pretty hurt this year. Basically missed the last couple months of the season. Pete Alonso, the rookie of the year not too long ago. Edwin Diaz, he was like, what, 55 save guy not too long ago as well. And then I have Starling Marte, old friend of the D-backs. And I'm definitely in on the Mets as a championship core. I mean, you got Max Scherzer and DeGrom. You have arguably, what, two top five pitchers in baseball. DeGrom, maybe a top three pitcher of the last 25 years. Like, he's that insane. Scherzer, too, for that matter. Like, let me not forget about him and the resume he's put together, all the Cy Young awards he has, and he's still going at, what, age 39 with a walk or so. doesn't really matter for Scherzer or DeGrom. Those two are, are elite. I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about any rotation that starts with those two at the front line of it. So their rotation off the bat's good enough to win a World Series. Open, you're going to have Edwin Diaz. I don't think he's been as good as that one season he has. I wonder when that was when Edwin Diaz had that insane season. I'm going to look it up real quick because he was part of that Cano trade. And it was 2018, that last year with the Mariners. He had 57 saves and led the American League. He had a 5-5-9 ERA the next season. Terrible for the Mets. But he was pretty good last year for the Mets. So I definitely have Edwin Diaz in that. And then you have Starling Marte as well as part of this core. And Starling Marte, I think, is the most underrated player in baseball. Like, I think he was... I think he might have led the league in steals last season, regardless if he didn't. Like, I thought he was the best D-backs player during the first half before he got traded to the Miami Marlins. This is someone that never seems to stick around, but wherever he goes, he's arguably, what, one of their two or three best position players, one of their two or three best players in their lineup. So, Starling Marte is a stud. He's going to get you a high average. He's going to get on base a ton, and he's going to swipe a few bags. Great leadership. Clutch. Uh, great defense. Starling Marte knows how to play. You got Pete Alonzo, the polar bear, uh, slugger in the middle of your lineup, guy who can hit 40-plus home runs. He's a stud. You got a closer in Edwin Diaz who might not, has been, might not have been as good as that last season we saw in Seattle, but I think you still trust Edwin Diaz enough with the last two seasons. If you include that shortened 2020 season, which I hate to do, I think you've seen enough from Edwin Diaz the last two years to have faith and confidence in him. Lindor, he had a really disappointing year last year. And kind of like an Aaron Nola, he's kind of like the Aaron Nola of the Mets because he's someone that we know can be a stud but really struggled last year. But the difference is I think we've seen higher peaks with Francisco Lindor than we've seen with an Aaron Nola. So I think I have a little bit more confidence built into a Lindor that he could get back on track. But his numbers last year, I'm going to read them to you again just in case you don't know. He had 20 home runs. That's all right, but only 10 stolen bases for the guy. He played 125 games too, I mind you. A 230 average, a 734 OPS. He had uh, 96 strikeouts, which wasn't too bad to 58 walks, but it just wasn't the same guy. Only 104 hits. This is usually someone that, what, racks up 200 hits a season. Francisco Lindor, in 2019, the last full season he played, of course, 143 games, a 284 average, 854 OPS, 32 bombs. He had three straight seasons of 30-plus bombs before coming to the New York Mets with at least 270 average in all three of those years and an OPS above 825 and basically averaged 20 steals a season during those three years as well. So basically, he wasn't able to hit for power, average, get on base consistently, or hit for or uh, steal bags this past season almost said power again so Francisco Lindor were just pretty much down his numbers were down across the board he didn't look like the same guy so I don't even think the Mets really need a Francisco Lindor to win a World Series if he struggles again like 
he did this past season. Next year, I still think they could win a World Series because when you look at the honorable mentions of the match, they still have Mark Hanna. They, they still have Taiwan Walker. They still have Eduardo Escobar. So I think a Francisco Lindor could struggle and they still win a World Series. So I'm definitely in on the championship core for the New York Mets. Next up, I want to talk about the Miami Marlins. And they are a very interesting team for the core. I have Jazz Chisholm, former D-back. Jesus Aguilar, Sandy Alcantara, Trevor Rogers, Pablo Lopez, and Zach Thompson. And I'm going to say I'm not in on this team as a championship core, but that might change in three years because I do like this core of the Marlins. Even though I don't think it's a championship right now, I definitely think it's feisty. And I definitely think it's good enough to be a potential playoff core because when I definitely look at the pitchers listed in this core, Alcantara is pretty solid. I think he had a really good year. A really good season last year in 2021 that kind of went unnoticed. A 319 ERA in 33 starts. And he's someone that's been really good for four years now. A 2019 All-Star. So Alcantara is a stud. I don't know if he's a legit number one kind of guy. I don't know if he's an elite ace, but he's definitely a John Lester level number one pitcher. Trevor Rogers, though, he seems like he could be a legit ace. 264 ERA last season. All-star. Double-digit strikeouts per nine. Love Trevor Rogers. Pablo Lopez, I think, is one of the most underrated pitchers in baseball. I picked him up last season in my fantasy drafts. I thought he was a stud. Now he only had 20 starts, but 307 ERA during those starts. Double-digit strikeouts per nine. Doesn't walk a ton of dudes. I love Pablo Lopez. And then, also, I believe I put Zach Thompson in this discussion as well. And I didn't even know who Zach Thompson was before doing this exercise. But a 3-2-4 ERA, 27 years old. Uh, his numbers look pretty good, so I was like, let's throw him in the core. And the Marlins have a really good rotation, actually. It's their rest of their team that kind of struggles. They actually have a pretty nasty bullpen and uh, rotation when you look at the ERAs. It's their lineup that sucks. It's the reason why I don't think they could be a World Series champion, even though I think their rotation and bullpen might actually be good enough to win a World Series. Their lineup is just so bad currently that I don't think it's good enough because Jazz Chisholm, I like a lot. This is someone that I think could have... 25-25 potential. Heck, in 125 games, he almost did it last season. Jesus Aguilar, I like as well. But those are both those are both below 800 OPS guys. Aguilar is someone that I didn't even know existed before last season. Apparently, he's been an all-star before as well. So he's someone that just completely escaped my mind. But those two, those two, I don't think are good enough to carry an entire lineup by themselves. I don't think two sub-800 OPS guys can carry a lineup by themselves. They need to find other production in that lineup. They were getting it from Adam Duvall and Starling Marte last year, but they traded both of them away, so they got to figure out the pieces on their lineup, in their lineup, to replace that production and see who else can step up for this team and be a part of their future. Maybe it's Jesus Sanchez is that guy. He seemed to really come on last season as well. His numbers look pretty good. I'm looking at them right now in baseball reference. So maybe he's that guy for the Miami Marlins to step up and be a part of that championship core and hopefully get their offense to the next level. Because right now, look at this Marlins lineup and rotation and bullpen. I'm like... This team is, what, two or three position players away from actually competing for the playoffs and maybe a World Series. Like, the core is not good enough now. I think you probably have to upgrade Aguilar or Jazz Chisholm. You know, in terms of your top six, I think you probably want someone to leapfrog those guys in your top six rankings. I don't know if you want Jazz or Aguilar to be your best position player, but if those two all of a sudden become your third and fourth best position player, you're able to find two guys better than those two in your lineup, 
Then this Marlins is this team is cooking. This franchise is cooking. This might be the best Marlins team since the early 2000s when they won a World Series. So I like what the Marlins are doing. We've given them a lot of crap since Derek Jeter's been there because they traded Giancarlo Stan MVP, Christian Yelich MVP, Marcel Azuna, not MVP, off the field issues, but still a stud. Like they traded three. They traded two superstars plus another all-star level player. And somehow I kind of like their team and what they got cooking. They just need some offensive talent in their lineup to be better. So Marlins, I'm not in on you as a championship core yet, but come back to me in two or three years and we might have a different conversation. Now, we got one team left in the NL East that I want to discuss because their core is very interesting to say the least. But before we discuss the Washington Nationals core, I first want to talk to you guys about BetOnline because BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online, where the game starts. It's Super Week brought to you by GetUpside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are in L.A. all week covering the big game, so go check out those two podcasts to stay up to date on the Super Bowl. Let's get back into the podcast and let's discuss the last core, which is the Washington Nationals because, excuse me, I didn't, I hope you guys didn't hear that. I didn't save them for last on purpose, but I'm glad they're last because they by far have the most talented, by far the, by far the most least talented. Is that even a phrase? By far the least talented group. I think that's just the correct way to say it. By far the, I almost said it again, by far the. Least talented group. I keep wanting to say by far the most least talented. That's just not correct English. By far the... I'm just not even going to talk about that. They have a very untalented group of players as their core. And if I had to run through the players, Josh Bell, mm, Juan Soto, he's a stud, I know, but Patrick Corbin, mm, former D-back. I put Josiah Gray. I put Kyle Finnegan. I even put Steven Strasburg. Like, I actually might need Twitter help for this one. And remember, when I do these cores, I'm not talking about prospects or guys waiting in the weeks. I'm talking about guys from this past season who was on the roster and got opportunity. That's part of your core. So I can't even count like an Alec Thomas for the D-backs who we might see next year. I could count a Dalton Varsho, but I can't count an Alec Thomas. So for the Nationals, this is their current core. I, I don't really have much to say on the Kyle Finnegan's and the Josiah Gray's. Like, I hope it works out. I hope they reach a new level and can really help this Nationals team because their core is disgustingly bad right now. And ever since Bryce Harper has left, they won the World Series and then they were like, all right, we did it. We won it all. Let's just blow it up now and just go into the tank because the Nationals have been one of the worst teams on paper since their World Series win. I mean... Josh Bell is their best position player. I don't know if that should ever be a statement that's true. Or excuse me, I take that back. He's their second best. Juan Soto is clearly their best position player. And 
Juan Soto is one of the best players in the league. Some people think he's the best player in the National League. Some people think he should have won MVP last year. I'm one of the people that think, hey, you can't be on the worst team in baseball and win MVP. Sorry, Mike Trout. That's my philosophy. I'm sorry if you disagree, but Juan Soto is a stud. But outside of Juan Soto, Josh Bell, he's a nice piece. He's a nice complimentary player. Shouldn't be the best, the shouldn't be the second best position player on any team in baseball. The rotation of the Nationals, like I just don't know what they're doing. I don't know what the plan is. Steven Strasburg is someone that's basically missed the last two years uh, due to injury. He just hasn't been healthy. Only made five starts this year. I think he made like one or two last year. Like it has not been good for Steven Strasburg. So hopefully he can get back on track and healthy because he's still young. He's still like 33 years old. One of the best pitchers in baseball when he's right and healthy. But the problem is with... Steven Strasburg, he's someone that hasn't been healthy in his whole career. Like in 2019, the reason they won the World Series, Steven Strasburg had the healthiest season of his career. He led the league in innings in 2019. That's surprising to say, but if we look at the rest of Steven Strasburg's career, he had one other 200-inning season. Then the second highest season after that for him in terms of innings is 183, then 175, and then he only cracks 150 one other season. He's basically a guy that pitches around 25 to 20 starts a season, and he's just someone that's never been able to stay healthy, even though he's been a stud. So for the Nationals, I don't know where they're trying to go as a franchise. Like, are they trying to rebuild around the Juan Soto? Like, I definitely think they want to build around Juan Soto, but how about the other pieces? Like, are they going to try to keep a Josh Bell around and keep adding pieces to that lineup, or do they want to blow it up and go get other pieces instead of a Josh Bell? Maybe they want to trade Patrick Corbin, who's been, like, all right, not the guy that I think they want. He's definitely not number one. We saw them trade Max Scherzer and, surprisingly, trade Turner last year. Like, how do you trade both of them in one deal? You better get a freaking mega package back. And I don't think they got that last year. I'm actually going to revisit that deal right now as I'm talking. But this core for the Nationals is by far the worst in baseball. I don't know how they went from a World Series team to this. Well, I actually do. They trade the guys like Trey Turner and Max Scherzer way to do it. But looking at this, uh, I don't even want to get into the particulars of this Trey Turner deal right now. It looks like too much. Oh, actually, here it is. Trade with Max Scherzer to the Dodgers for Gerardo Carrillo, Donovan Casey, Josiah Gray, and Kybert Ruiz. Hopefully those four guys work out. Not too sure about that. Don't know what the Nationals are doing. I should talk to Josh Neighbors of Lockdown Nationals about it. But this Washington Nationals core is absolutely disgusting. I think we're going to need to start some free Juan Soto t-shirts pretty soon because up and down this lineup for the Nationals, like seriously, go on baseball reference and look at it like, there's not a lot of guys that you're going to like on here. And even guys like Kyle Schwarber, he's not there anymore. Like the third best position player is like a Starling Castro or someone like that. So it's a really disgusting team. I'm sorry for the Nationals fans out there. I'm sorry to Josh Neighbors, even though I'm covering a struggling team as well. I'd rather cover the D-backs than the Nationals right now because it is it is sad what Washington is putting on the field right now. But if I had to rank the cores in the NL East, a damn going Mets number one, Braves number two. I'm going Mets over Braves because I like the two frontline starters better for the Mets. Scherzer and DeGrom over Ian Anderson and Max Freed, I think is pretty fair. And plus with Freddie Freeman as a free agent, if he came back, I think it would change the discussion. But because Freddie Freeman's a free agent, I like the other position players more than I like a Dansby Swanson or Ozzy Alvey. So I'm going Mets over Braves. I got Phillies number three because I really think they have high upside like if Aaron Nola can figure it out I think that could potentially be in 
a championship core, maybe, but I do think you probably got to upgrade the Reese Hawkins Reese Hoskins position as well. But the Phillies are clearly above the Marlins, who lineup just isn't good enough right now. Their rotation is stacked, their rotation is young and nasty, but their lineup just doesn't have the upside right now to put enough runs on the board once you get to the postseason and then the Nationals outside of Juan Soto. I don't think there's any players that I would even want on the D-backs. I would even think be an upgrade. Maybe a Josh Bell, but that's about it. Probably a few of their bullpen guys, but that's about it. So Mets, Braves, Phillies, Marlins, Nationals is how I'd rank the cores in the NL East. Now that's it for this edition of the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned in and checked out today's podcast. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners. So shout out to all of you. Please come back on Friday where we're going to have a conversation with Lockdown Rockies host Paul Holden about his team. So you're going to want to check out that conversation. Go check out Monday's pod if you missed part one of this discussion about the championship course. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!